Hey guys, it's Jaylock, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Hello, welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Today's episode, I'm joined by Pop Nerd Lounge's right-hand boss lady and creative director, V. Co. We talk with Jay Locke. He's an artist and professional sideman who's performed and toured with acts like Love, Mickey Echo, and Matt Carney. We talk about how event and tour cancellations due to COVID-19 impacted the music industry, how he stayed creative during this quarantine period, and how he selected his artist name. That's all happening on Popner Lounge. Welcome to Popner Lounge. I am here with first my co-host V. V, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a while. It's great to be back. (laughs) And our guest of the hour, Mr. Jay Locke. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Did you align your life's purpose with music early in life, or was that something that progressively happened as you get older? I would say, no, probably from when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, I took, uh, I was taking music lessons. I think I started when I was like three years old. My parents put me in violin lessons, so I had like a tiny little miniature violin and, uh, and piano lessons and stuff, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think music was always just kind of in me, and I, I never, uh, I always enjoyed practicing, even as a kid, you know. So, yeah, just kind of always been with me my whole life, I guess. How did you decide what made you unique in music, or is that something that you're still figuring out? I think I think I'm still figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's taken a while to like come to that point, but but yeah, I think it's just like. The process of the more you the more you do something, the more you can kind of like find your niche within it. So I think as I've you know played music over the years with other artists and done different things, I've kind of just figured out what it is that you know I can do best, I guess. And I think that's like something that I'm always refining, though. We can relate to that because I mean, since we're a podcast, we know that there's hundreds of thousands of other podcasts out there. We've had to learn along the way what makes us unique, and we're still learning that. Like when we pitch to people, we're like, "Okay, what's our selling point? How are we different from the millions of other podcasts out there?" It's it's always a learning curve. You mentioned playing violin, and you consider yourself to be a multidisciplinary artist. How did you learn to play several instruments, and were they difficult to learn? Yeah, I started. Violin, I just started because my parents put me in, in lessons when I was a kid. I was like three. So that was that was their decision, I guess. I think violin is supposed to be easier for kids to learn because they make different sizes. So you can get, as you grow, you can like get a violin that's bigger and bigger that like fits you. Yeah, and then piano was my parents as well. They put me in piano lessons. And then I think from there, I just, I don't know, when I started playing in bands... There was, uh, I'd be playing keys normally. And then, you know, when the band practice was over, I would just mess around on like the bass player's bass or like the guitar, the drums or whatever. And just kind of, everything just kind of came naturally, I guess. So yeah, I'm actually, keyboards and and bass guitar is probably what I do most um, nowadays. But I'm actually, I'm trying to use this quarantine time to to learn some new instruments. So I started with the guitar. (laughs) So I'm just like, spending like probably like an hour every day just practicing guitar just for fun well that's nice that we have all these extra time now and we can you know all do a little something that maybe we might not have had time to do before just great yeah i think that's like something that's good for you know everyone to do during this time just to 
to try to learn like a new skill, you know, at least for me, it's fun and it keeps me busy for like an hour a day <laughs> at least. So it's good. So you are part of the band Isley, which released a few LPs. How did you become a part of the group and what have you learned from being with them? Isley. Yeah. Um, well, we, I haven't done anything with them in, in probably like probably been three years at least, but, but yeah, when, when Stacy, the, the original keyboard player and singer left, um, they needed someone to play keyboards, uh, for a tour. And so they, they got in contact with me through a, a mutual friend that also, um, plays with them. And yeah, I think that was 2016. So I, I never actually recorded with them at all. So I only played, I played live on like two tours, but, um, yeah, that was, man, some of the most fun shows I've ever played with, with that group of people. They're amazing. I love them so much. Um, yeah, hopefully someday we can, we can get together and play another show, but I don't know when that will be. <laughs> But hopefully someday, yeah. I was going to say, the future is uncertain. Speaking of touring and getting to perform, you've gone to tour with a lot of artists as a sideman. What has traveling as a musician taught you? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think traveling in general, not not necessarily playing music, but just just getting to see different cultures and the way different people live. I think it's an amazing experience that, not, not everyone gets to have. And I, you know, I realize that, but especially playing in, uh, cultures that are just, or countries that are just so different from, you know, the United States where I grew up, like I'm thinking of like, you know, India, that was a trip, just amazing to see how people live in South America and, you know, just places that I would never get to travel, um, outside of doing music. I think it's, it's really eye-opening to, just to see the way that other people live and all the different cultures. Um, yeah, it really, really like broadened my perspective on a lot of things. There have been a lot of talks about how the media and entertainment industry has been greatly impacted during this time. For those who may not understand, what are some of the effects of event and tour cancellations that are impacting those in the music industry? Yeah, I think, um, I think touring or live shows um, specifically might be one of the most affected industries by the, the coronavirus. It's crazy. It was uh, large scale events were one of the, the first things to be canceled when, when this started happening, we had, uh, I guess we didn't have shows in Asia, but I uh, had a lot of friends that had shows in, in Asia early this year that, and those were kind of some of the first shows that were canceled. And then, and then some shows in Europe started to get canceled and then, finally like the US and now you know everywhere. So yeah, I think it's one of the most affected areas. And even when life starts to go back to normal for like a lot of people, maybe they can go back to work and school. I think that uh it'll be a long time before we can do like mass events again. Yeah, it's especially for like a touring crew like um not the the artists and musicians as much, but the crew of all the, the audio team and, and then tour managers and other people that are on tour, um, they, they they have no safety net for this. Like those, those personnel, um, can only make money when they're on the road touring and, and when the artists they work for are playing shows. So it's a, it's a really hard time for them specifically. So 
yeah, there's, I, I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm sure someday we'll be able to get back to playing shows again, but it's a very hard time. So we all need to support each other, um, you know, lean on each other to be able to get through this time. That's exactly right. I was watching Instagram the other day and I saw Zach Brown post a video about him talking about letting go about 80% of his or 80 or 90% of his uh, live tour staff because they weren't on the road so they weren't able to keep them on a payroll. And it's just, it's crushing to see. Um, I hope that we can find some kind of fund to support artists uh, or crew members at this time because it's so difficult. Speaking on that, uh, what can people do to help out artists or other members of the music industry who are hurting right now due to events being canceled? Yeah, I think that's something that we're, we're all still trying to grapple with right now and to figure out ways to help. There is, there's an organization called Music Cares it's like uh, part of the Grammy Association, and they they're doing grants for musicians and artists that are affected. Um, I don't I'm not sure if it extends as well to crew, but I was able to get a grant f- um, from them, which is basically like enabling me to live for a month uh, while this is all happening. So I would definitely for any artists or music musicians, I would check out Music Cares, sign up, apply. There's a they're doing some some great work, so definitely shout out music cares and then for crew i think um there there are uh, some funds online that you can donate to i've actually applied for a couple but it's uh, a lot of that stuff is just starting to to be developed now so i think we'll see more in like the coming months different ways we can support so let's just focus on this project that you're working on share with our listeners how you decided to go with the artist named jlock wow yeah so i'm um, for those of you listening, I'm about to change my my artist name this week. It's so hard. I, I always like picking band names and picking artist names. It's like, it's such a hard thing. <laughs> and, you know, every band I've been in, it's like, I don't know, just choosing the name was always, that always took way longer, it seemed, than like writing the music. But for me, I've always just gone by Jedediah for my, my artist name. I put out a few different projects. But at this time, I... I felt like uh, I finally wanted to separate, I guess, my art- artist project from like my personal life in a way. Like I want to, it's almost like an alter ego. I would say Jay is like, he is me, but he's also like, he's also the parts of me that I want to put into this particular project. So yeah, I, I just finally, I think, felt it was time to branch out and like do something new with my, my artist project. And as far as choosing the name, it's, I went through so many different names, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Locke is, is just because my last name is Lockman. So I just kind of spelling the first part of it a different way. And then I just like how day looks the J A Y E. I always, I don't know. I always like that spelling. So I thought about it for a while and I just finally decided on that name. How would you describe yourself as a solo artist going forward? Is it going to be different from what you previously put out from your other projects? Yeah, it's going to be quite different, I think. And that was part of the the name change, too. I just want to to kind of separate this body of work from anything I've done in the past. So, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but it's definitely going to be different than anything else I've done. So we understand that you're starting a Patreon right now for people to help you create in this time of social distancing. What projects would you like to accomplish with the help of your patrons? Yeah, the the Patreon I'm, I'm going to be launching this week is going to start out with just uh, for like the the base basic tier the two dollars a month um 
it's just going to be any music that I create during this time, I'm just going to put on there. So really it's a, it's a way to, I, I feel like for myself during this time, I need something to focus on. I need something to, to work on every day in order to, to kind of get through it. And I think that could be something good for, for any artist or any creative during this time. So I think the Patreon for me is, is just a way to keep me motivated to keep writing music and, and just keep, keep creating. So yeah, the, the bass tier is just going to be any, any of the, the songs that I make during this time. And then there's going to be a couple uh, of other tiers that include like tutorials on like piano theory and like sound design, stuff like that. And then I'm also going to try to do some private lessons too. So we'll see. I've done a couple uh, like Skype lessons before, um, but it's been a while. So I'm going to try to do it again. But yeah, basically it's just a way for, for my, my friends and fans to support me and, and for myself just to have a project and something creative to, to work on every day during this time. What are you hoping for people to take away from what you're creating or sharing at this moment? If anything, if I can just inspire others to to do the same and to keep creating. I think I don't necessarily have like... Um, any like ulterior motive or I'm just basically creating whatever comes out. And for me, I guess it's like my, it's my own therapy of um, getting through like a very traumatic time. And I think, yeah, if anything, if I can expire, inspire other, other artists and musicians to, to do the same, that would be amazing for me. What are some pieces of advice or words of wisdom you'd like to give the creative community right now who are dealing with an uncertain future? Words of advice. I, you know, I don't know. It's This is all, it's all happened so fast. I feel like we're all still just trying to figure out how to process it. But I think to know that it is finite, like it's going to end at some point. I think we don't know how long it's going to be, but with any, you know, pandemic in history, these things always end. So it's not gonna it's not gonna last forever, and I would also say just just focus on what you can control because obviously the grand scheme of like the events that are happening we have no control over whatsoever, but what you can control is just your own your own attitude and your outlook and how you're spending your time each day, and of course like follow like the very basic level follow any instructions from your government like that's the most important thing just to, to stay home and and um try to help stop this thing speaking on your creative process what influences you in your sound i think it's a it's a combination of probably everything that i listen to and take in i'm yeah i'm i listen to a lot of, a lot of different music and i'm inspired by a lot of different artists i think everything probably kind of comes together um in my head when I'm creating yeah as far as it's hard to say like what what specifically influences it you know because it's it's not something that I consciously think of I think it's just kind of whatever comes out of my brain at the at the moment (laughs) but um yeah I uh I don't know (laughs) yeah it just it just it just is what it is, I think. What would be your TED Talk? If you were ever to give one, what topic would you speak on if you were ever to give a TED Talk? Mm. 
I don't know. Let me think. <laughs> that's a hard one. Because you want it to be like something that's going to be, you know, deep and meaningful to people. I don't know. Probably just be be something about creativity, I guess. And I don't know. Something that everyone can relate to. <laughs> yeah. I've never I'd never thought about that before. That's a good it's a good question though. <laughs> No, like, uh, I feel like we need more of those talks because I feel like people, especially during this time, we just need to be creative with how we're spending our time or just finding ways to exercise our creativity because we've been given the gift of time. And a lot of the, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have the time to start on photography or I don't have the time to start on creating more music. But now that they've been given the gift of time, we can exercise our creativity. Yeah, now now's the time to do it for sure. Any any like, you know, skill that you've wanted to pick up but never had the time, like now yeah, now's the time. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about your book here, point of view, for a bit. Oh wow, you have it. No way. I think it's interesting how you manage to merge your photography and your music into this project. I don't think that I've seen anything of this nature before, so it's it's really interesting. Um, talk to us about the inspiration behind it and how this book came to be. Yeah, the book, um, that's amazing that you have it, by the way. That's so cool. Thank you for the support. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I just, um, well, I've always, um, I always like have a camera with me and I've always been taking photos for years and years just for like myself, just for fun. I have like a, a film camera. And so it was, I think we were in, we were actually in, we did an, um, a tour in Asia last spring with Lauv and I had it with me and I was just taking photos and I I think somewhere along that that trip I you know I was like writing music at the same time and I was like man I, I really want to like release this music and I also wanted like an avenue to like um, put the photos out and I just somewhere along the line I think I was talking to a friend actually and she was like oh you should you know put it together in a book so so yeah and then I just I kept taking photos throughout that all of our touring um, last year and then um, put it all together. I want to do more. I want to do more of those projects. Like uh, I was happy with how the book came out, but I guess whenever you put anything out, you always, you know, see the things that could be better about it. So I definitely, I want to do another one, like a, a volume two at some point and just take in everything that I learned, like creating that one and put it into the, the next one as well. Yeah, and the beauty of art and creativity in general is that there are no set of rules to go by. We define that for ourselves and there's always room to improve, grow, and do better. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really happy. I was pleased with how the book came out. And thank you again for, for buying it. That's amazing. All right. Well, uh, I think this is a good place to kind of wrap up our interview. And Jay, if you want to go ahead and we're going to pull a hot ones. If you want to go ahead and tell our listener, you know, what you want to plug, be it your Patreon or your music that you have, or you want to plug in your social media, go ahead and do that. The floor is yours. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, guys, please. Um, yeah. If you have a sec, check out my Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash jlock. And, um, everyone please, uh, you know, support artists and, and musicians and crew during this time. Donate to Music Cares if you have, if you have anything extra and 
thank you guys so much for the the interview. This is actually the first podcast I've ever done. So yeah, so it's a it's a, it's learning experience for me. But it's good. <laughs> well, thank you for being on our show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to have Jay on, and it was enlightening to hear what we as consumers can do to help out those who are affected by the COVID-19 virus in the music and entertainment industry. To learn more about Jay, visit our links in the show notes. Follow Popner Lounge on Instagram and Twitter at Popner Lounge. You can also subscribe to us on any podcast platform. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. And maybe while you're following us, you can also give us a review and let us know how you're enjoying our show. Take it away, outro me. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and V Co. V serves as the producer and creative director, and Steph Pham is the host and the show's editor. For all things Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thanks for joining us for a conversation for creatives by creatives. We hope you tune in next time for Popner Lounge. I'm Steph Pham. <laughs>